0: pot plants not get shit on your carpet? Do you have carpet?
1: No, we've got, um, we've got like that, um, we got parquetry. Like, we got like that bougie ass flooring. I don't know, apparently yeah. some of my parents came to visit. They were just like, how did you guys get this flooring? We're like, it's a rental. We just lucked out. But, yeah. however. Yeah, because
0: like, I, like, I would love to get pot plants, right? A, I have the opposite of a green thumb, but also like, how do you not get shit over your you, carpet?
1: But we don't. Like, we don't get them. Like, none of our plants, like, fall onto the floor. Like, none of the, none of their shit gets on the floor. But, like, if you, if you have your pot, like, get, um, if you've got, like, especially with, like, big plants as well, like the palm tree there and I've got this, like, other one, like here. Mm. Like, get big ones. But, like, if you, if they're, like, in those little black pots that they come in. Uh, and you don't want to, like, take them out and, like, pot them in, like, a proper pot. You can, like, still place them in there, but just put, like, a little bit of oil on the bottom and then soil won't, like, drop through from the black pot into, like, the bottom little ones with the holes. So you will not get shit on your floor. I'll send
0: you pictures. Interesting. I'll send you pictures. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, do that. Do mm. that. Do that. Do that. Um, welcome, guys. Mm. Mm. <laughs> welcome.
1: Welcome to the plant straight from here. <laughs>
0: That's an intro. Woo. That was great. Thank Love you. that. I, I wouldn't say it's the intro music, but I'm pretty. I'm
1: working on
0: lot. it. it was, I'm, I'm yeah. working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um. So today is going to be. I know we mentioned that also. <laughs> Actually, just a quick like PSA announcement on the horror movie side of things that we're doing that list is so wrong skylar it's not
1: Oh, was a bad jujy well i mean look man you're the you're the <laughs> horror movie guru so i'm just, i was just going with no you. it was
0: 100 like it's it's titled rotten tomatoes um top 100 horror movies list but my god it gets it's There's, like, number 11 is, like, some really not great, like, not that they're not great films, but it's just, I went back to the top 200 list that I was looking at, Mm. and the 100 movies from that is, like, the, like, 100 top, like, movies. Like, you're right, Insidious 2 was number 100, and then Insidious was not even in the list. It's fucking Uh, Conjuring was not in, it just, it made no sense. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but... That top 200 maybe, list, maybe if we go movies. from 100 down, if we go from 100 down, number 100 is The Conjuring. So I know you love that movie.
1: <laughs> it's... it's Yeah. Look, it's a great movie. I do like it. Maybe you just, like, maybe the movies that you think are really great are actually really shit and everyone else hates them and you don't, you don't know that.
0: No, no, what I'm saying... Sorry. What I'm saying is that literally that list... It's they've done something weird where it's like it's not about the Rotten Tomatoes score or like anything like that. It's like they're literally going from Rotten Tomatoes, 90 percent to Rotten Tomatoes, 80 percent to rot- like it's by like and it goes really quick. I don't know how to explain it, but essentially all I'm saying is that if I go on that list right now, right. Hurrah. It's
1: generally bad juju is what you're getting at.
0: The one with the top 200 is the one that's like 100% the movies that are for surezies. This one, it's like, it just honestly, it just makes no sense. And I'm just like number 100 gets to a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is very fucking low. That's not a top 100 situation.
1: If that makes sense. I'm going to have a look at it and just see. So you know how,
0: like, Rotten Tomatoes works on a percent... Like, you know how IMDb has, like, 8.2 out of 10? Rotten Tomatoes has a percentage instead. Mm. So the number 100 film, right, so Insidious 2 on Rotten Tomatoes, has a 39% approval rating. So that's, like, a 3.9 out of 10 if it was on IMDb.
1: I don't understand. One yeah, way.
0: it makes no sense. I don't. I don't get it. Right, but then if you go on the top two hundred list for horror movies, I promise we'll get into the stories in a sec, guys. This is just some housekeeping that I needed to talk to Skylar about. We need to discuss the <laughs>
1: housekeeping on the podcast. We need to discuss. We need we to, discuss. to talk. We need to talk about it's acceptable condition. No, it's, yeah, it's not have.
0: fucking working,
1: How but...
0: good an I latte, though? Show me. Yeah, I had an ice latte today with oat milk.
1: Oat milk!
0: So, The Conjuring, right? The film The Conjuring on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's an 86% and that's movie 100 which makes sense that makes sense because it's meant to be of all time do you get what i mean <laughs> i get what you mean
1: we're gonna i'm gonna okay. i'll look into it i'll look into hmm. it we're so gonna reevaluate
0: first, that list the first but six we've done insidious one and two. has
1: been being uh, generally pretty disappointed with our horror movie list but we'll fix it we'll get back to you on that one anyway
0: yeah we're gonna get back to you if anything we're just gonna maybe start from hundred again and have Insidious as like a little special feature movies thing. Special because we like that fe- movie. Special, special features
1: Special features. Special features. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Um today we will be um well we'll be telling each other like spooky slash mystery, slash whatever we feel like stories. The other doesn't yeah. know what, what, what she doesn't know what I have and I don't know what she has. It's a fun surprise for all of us. And by
0: stories, we mean kind of like, um, I suppose you would call it like almost a book report on something that has <laughs> happened in history. With like, it's not it's not necessarily history. We're keeping it very broad, very open. If someone's feeling a true crime thing, if someone's feeling an unsolved mystery, if someone's feeling like talking about aliens, someone's feeling like talking about a historical event. Anybody Bob-de-booby, can do whatever, I mean whatever they to. feel like. So, Skylar is gonna go first today. We have some trepidations about how long these episodes are going to be. So once we start our Instagram, I think we put a poll on our story. And we ask, how long do you like your podcast? Or whatever that is. So that then we can get the people's opinion <laughs> and we can figure it out. But for this one, we're going to both try and do it. If Skylar's gets to, like, the hour 30 mark, then we we'll will leave call it. for this. We'll call week. it quick. <laughs> but look,
1: I mean... I mean, I don't see that happening, but you never know, my friend. You never
0: know. Um, I don't think mine's going to be that long either. No. So I feel like we're going to be okay.
1: Okay. Well, we'll have a look. So I'm actually taking a lot of my info from an article written by Mike Dash for Smithsonian Mag. So I mean, if you, Ooh. yeah, so if you guys want to have like a bit more of like an in depth look at that, it's fine. I just didn't want to go to Wiki because Wiki's bullshit. You know what I mean?
0: And we'll um, put the link. We'll put the link to the article in the show notes below. Give as it. Well. It's
1: just. It was just like the most well-written article that I like found. For What's this your topic? For <laughs> this story, stop pushing me, fucking. Scam. Well, you're
0: talking about some fucking Smithsonian mag, like. Okay. Tell us okay. What the story is.
1: Okay. So this is the story of the body on Summerton Beach. Have you heard of it? <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have, I have heard of it. Oh my god, fuck yes.
1: Yes, so it's, love that. I have, I have questions for this story. <laughs> I have questions. I have so many questions, and honestly, it's very similar to another uh, case that I know of, which I'll tell you about, and we can like talk about that in a hot minute. But so this is, so this is actually an Aussie case, which is why I really liked it. I feel like a lot of people do. Um, like, murder mysteries from, like, America, but to be fair, Americans are mental when yeah, everyone has a gun and they kill each other, and it's, it's fight. but see, there's not a lot of zesty things coming out of Australia, and this is a fun one, I really enjoy it, um, okay, so this is actually based in, if, if y'all haven't been to Australia, uh, this is in, this is based in Adelaide in South Australia,
0: so, I'm so excited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's good. I really like it. I would really like this one. Okay, so let's get into it. So on Tuesday, November 30th, 1948, John Vane Leon, I would say Leon's or lions I don't know, and his wife, they're going for walkies, right? Mm-hmm. Going for walkies. So they're walking towards Glenelg, which is like a really cool like little beachy area in um, in Adelaide. And as they did, they see this dude and he's like lying on the sand, kind of rested up against the seawall. And he's, like, really, like, smartly dressed, right? He's got, like, polished shoes. He's looking fab. But they're just, like... Oh. Dressed to the nines. He's, yeah. like,
0: ready to go for a party.
1: Yeah. So he's, just like, chilling out, having a good time. And uh, Leon, <laughs> or whatever, however we want to say his name, Leon saw him lift up his arm. And he, he had like, lifted it up and then watched it kind of just, like, fall. And it looked like he was, like, trying to, like, punch a dart really drunk. Like... You know, like you someone's like gone. a very
0: loosey goosey movie. Like so, when you're lying in bed and you just like randomly re- Do you, does anybody else do that? You no, randomly like reach your arm that's up. That's fucking and then weird,
1: like, Caroline. It's okay. okay.
0: Shutting fucking you down. Jesus. Shutting
1: you down. So he's it's like it's like he's a bougie looking dude, he's in a fab outfit. He's just he's looking great. He looks like he's just come from a wedding, he's bent, he's sitting up against the seawall, he's he's in a state, alright? So, shortly after, he's noticed by another couple, right?
0: (laughs) So, Bondi on Sunday morning. Pretty
1: much Bondi on Sunday morning is what we're imagining right now. So, shortly after, he's seen by another couple, and the woman can see that he's, like, again, smartly dressed in a suit, shiny little shoes he's on, but he's not moving, all right? He's not moving.
0: So I do remember, like, every other time that I've heard about this story, everyone's like, those shoes were gleaming for the gods. They're shining, (laughs) shining. So, Those sh- so shoes were the shiniest motherfuckers we've ever seen in our lives. Shine bright like a
1: diamond in the sky. Would you like some shiny shoes? So, he's not moving, right? He's seen by a first couple. They're just like, he must be smashed. Whatever. He's throwing his... Not really throwing his arm up, but whatever. He's in a state. Seen by another it couple. Is like,
0: it is genuinely true that it's not that out of order to see someone passed out on the beach in Australia. Like, I feel like... <laughs> If I, but genuinely, like, if if we were walking on Koji and we saw someone passed out on the beach, yeah, it's just kind of normal. That's like just something that happens. It's whether it's the drinking culture or the beach culture, it just fucking happens. You like, can I've find seen the many tune people, and you,
1: and you get a fun time basically. <laughs> so, yeah. so we see my two couples, right? He's he's about the second time uh, that the second couple come by, they see him. The woman's like, Oh, yeah, oh, look at bougie, smartly dressed, look at them shoes, but he's not moving, okay. So, they just decide that he must be asleep. Um, this is the thing that gets me. So, they've decided that he must be asleep, but his face is surrounded by mosquitoes, and the boyfriend oh. jokes he must be dead to the world to not notice them. Poor joke. <laughs> poor, poor, <laughs> no. Poor form. <laughs> Turns out he's actually dead. Your boyfriend made a shit joke. Feel bad. Not nice.
0: Um, hindsight's 2020, 20, mate hindsight I
1: mean, is 20-20 he must be dead to the like I mean wouldn't you go in like at least kind of like walk past it, always like inspect it to see how the bloke's doing like he's not moving he's surrounded by mozzies like at least get him some
0: air guard. you know what I mean I think if it, I think if it was flies I would be more inclined to be like oh my god what the fuck but mosquitoes like how many times have we woken up in the middle of summer and been completely eaten alive and you just don't I mean, Look, have any enough. memory, right? Like I, like I think that that's that's fair. Like if it's mosquitoes, you're kind of like oh, okay, mosquitoes don't really wake you up. But if it's like flies, that's like a sign of, of a death of a of a dead thing. It's like if it's yeah. surrounded by flies.
1: I mean, I get it, but also, I mean, I just suss it out. But again, hindsight twenty twenty, right? So remember oh the goodness. first bloke, right? So John Leons Lions, I don't know how, to how do you pronounce spell it. How do you spell L-L-Y-O-N-S. it? L L Y O N S. And I have a friend with a last name like that, and she says Leon, but. Well, just call it Leon.
0: Just, co- Leon. just stick to one. Just stick if to anyone,
1: one. If <laughs> anyone, if anyone wants to like correct me, fucking blow me anyway. So John Leon. So he's returning from a swim the next morning, right? And he sees a bunch of people surrounding the body he'd seen he'd seen the night before. So they found that after after he, he goes up and has a little look see, right? And there's there's no marks of any violence. He's got a half smoked dart on his collar, so it looks like it's just like fallen from his mouth.
0: Um, so he was. So he was like trying try to
1: like. I think he must him. have. He must have been right. So he's just, like trying to, it and it's it's on his collar, um, and it looks like it's That's falling sad. out of his mouth. So then after that, the body was then taken to the Royal Adelaide Hospital. Like three hours later, three hours later. Anyway, the doctor declared his time of death to be no later than two a.m. The cause of death: heart failure and suspected poisoning.
0: Oh, so, so wait. When did that? When did that first guy see him the night before? So the night. So the
1: so the first two couple walk past, see him, and he lifts his arm up. This is the evening, right? And then another couple sees him, and then John is back down at the beach having a morning swim, and he's walking up, and he sees a bunch of people around the the man against the seawall that he right, saw right, the night right. before. So this is the next. So at day. some
0: point, so so at some point between when him and the couple saw. The guy and the next morning. He's died at like no later that. than two AM. Yeah. Right, okay.
1: So <laughs> the man was carrying so the, the guy had on him tickets from Adelaide to the beach, chewing gum, matches, two combs, and a pack of army club cigarettes containing seven cigarettes of another, like more expensive brand called Ken Kensitas. I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't, know.
1: I don't Neither of
0: us are smokers, so we're yeah. not we're not a good authority on it. But. <laughs> exactly.
1: So he's got no wallet, no cash, no ID. It's
0: interesting. Like that's what, always that's like the the unsolved mysteries case with the woman in the hotel. That's exactly like, when what I'm mean, going no... to say
1: about. Well, this is the thing. So none of the man's clothing had name tags, and they were actually like cut away. So it's like all of his tags. So it's the same. It's similar. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> so I'll get into it. But yeah, it's really similar to like to that case. So he's like he's got no ID, no cash, no wallet. No, nothing. He's got his, like, his tags and all of any tags. Any nothing tag to exposed. identify him. Nothing, nothing. So yeah. one trouser pocket had been neatly repaired with an unusual variety of orange thread. Um, by the time a full autopsy was carried out a day later, the police had already exhausted their leads as to the dead man's identity and the results of the post produced nothing. Nada
0: so they were like one day later they were like oh,
1: one I day know. one day later so between <laughs> done so a guy a couple's found and two couples have walked by he's died at 2am then the following morning the same guy from the first couple seen him blah 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 three hours later he's in hospital doctor's like he died like no later than 2am he's got all this weird shit on him no name tags no ID no nothing bubbity boopy they don't know what happened to him when was this what year was this again 1948 let me go yeah 1948
0: Okay, right, so 5G microchips hadn't been invented <laughs> <laughs> uh, <5G laughs> They'd be able to know 5G, exactly who he was. He did it, bro, I'm telling you now. 5G microchips clearly wasn't vaccinated, otherwise they would have been able to tell and exactly it, who it, he if was. If we you were
1: vaccinated, by the way, we're, we're very pro-vax, don't come for me, but
0: anyway. Wait, we also don't believe in 5G chips, Um. so sorry if that offends you, but you're not <laughs> our target <laughs> listener anyway, so it's all good. <laughs>
1: Okay, <laughs> so, it's revealed that the corpse's pupils were smaller, air quotes, smaller than normal, and air quotes, unusual, that a dribble of spit had run down Ooh, the side of the man's mouth, unusual, and that he was probably man. unable to swallow it. So, he's got dribble, he can't swallow. I mean, we've all been there, one too many beverages. he knows you do a bit of a dribble, I'm telling you. Um, mm. So his spleen was strikingly large and firm, about three times the normal Ooh. size, and the liver was distended with congested blood. Sexy. Mm,
0: yes. The meds- Are they sure he didn't like just aggressively get on the piss?
1: Well, <laughs> like, you don't. I don't know. He could have just had a bender, but he's just like you know what? I'm. He gets so drunk he loses all form of ID, cuts all his tags <laughs> off, and then carks it on the beach. Like that is a big night.
0: And, and it is. Uh, like, it's big it's, <laughs> it's big like,
1: it's fine barbity boopy, bro okay so in the man's stomach they found the remains of his last meal a pasty mm. I mean if you're gonna go for uh-huh. a last meal make it a bit you know a
0: pasty a pasty oh,
1: is. pasty pasty? Is pasty I don't know no, like the the, the, little, thing? the little pastry thing and then there's also another know. little bit more blood in there so that also suggests blood him. in the
0: oh in his stomach no, blood there's blood in the
1: pasty <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's blood in his stomach, right? Which which suggests poisoning, but there was nothing to show that poison had been in the food, which is a bit wibbly whack So his behavior. So which I wonder if
0: was, you can. I wonder if you can usually like find traces of poison once it's gone through the stomach's digestive I don't system. Know. Since neither of us have any medical training whatsoever, it's I just know. a question for like the ethos, but. It's an interesting thought, like, Stop can you actually batting. test the food in someone's stomach? Yeah. Anyway, if anyone's
1: a profession, you know, let us know, because I want to know. I want to know things. So that's, it's, it's kind of like, if you think about it, well, if he was poisoned, is like the behaviour, like, you know, how he was at the beach, like with his arm, is that like him just really drunk or is it like poison, like slowly starting to kick in and he's like meh, meh, meh. Not like that. Yeah. Like, you get what I mean.
0: Yeah, if it was, like, slow acting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's just like, fucking John, why aren't you going to fucking help me? Anyway. So, repeated blood t- uh, repeated tests... little line. So, repeated tests on both blood and organs by an expert chemist failed to reveal the faintest trace of, of poison. Um, as a matter of fact, no cause of death was found. So, the body's whack. Wow. The body's whack. They get into,
0: like, weird details about... <laughs> So wait, if no cause of death was found, what was the heart failure? Wasn't that the cause of death?
1: I mean, the yeah, it's it's contra- it's contradictory. I don't I don't
0: quite understand.
1: But I mean, I guess like, you know, if heart failure Or is it that they
0: they don't know what caused the heart failure?
1: Maybe that's yes. what it is. Probably.
0: Yeah. Cuz technically everybody's heart fails when they die.
1: Exactly. So it's not you know, really it a cause beating. of death. <laughs> I mean, it's like look, it's a cause of death, but it's like not the cause of death. You know what I mean?
0: Do you know what I mean? Unless something causes the heart failure. This is yeah. difficult. Like, <laughs> I, like, I get what you mean. They don't know what caused the heart failure, which led to his death. Like, I, I think,
1: think that's yeah. what's going on here. That's my I...
0: assumption of what they mean.
1: Okay. So, it's, it's weird. They get into, the <laughs> getting, like, weird detail about the body. Okay. So, it's not funny. So, the dead the de- <laughs> <laughs> the dead, man's calf muscles were really high and, like, developed. Um, and he was, like, despite being his, like, in his late 40s, he had legs of an athlete. Why is that, why is that something you're getting, why is that, why is it's that It's like weird? the coroner was like, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> So it's like his toes were like, oh, his toes were oddly wedge-shaped. So one expert who gave evidence when? of the in- wet wedge-shaped.
0: Ah, so motherfucker was a runner. That's what I'm hearing. This is, like, okay, well, it,
1: have- <laughs> this is really funny. It's not funny, but it's funny. I've not, okay, so uh, an expert gave uh, evidence at the inquest um saying i've not seen the tendency of calf muscles so pronounced as in this case his feet were rather <coughs> striking suggesting this is my own assumption that he had been in the habit of wearing high-heeled and pointed shoes oh <gasps> daddy high heels!
0: Oh so he was god. a queen yeah.
1: what a girl we love well you don't know that but i mean if he was so I mean, fuck yeah
0: that's so interesting mm. so they think that it his feet suggest that he wore high heels oh
1: my god does that mean that I have, like, really terrible legs and feet? Because your girl only wears Birkenstocks.
0: I was going to say, neither of us wear high heels, so I doubt that they no. would look at our feet and be like,
1: they wear heels. They're just like, they're well, if, like, I, if I die, if I like... It's very, really, it's really positive, Skylight. If I die, um, and they look at my feet, they're going to be like, this chick, like, the fuck's going on? You know what I mean? Didn't wear a high heel a day in a life, And I'm all right with that. So, they're saying, yeah. so, perhaps... Um, so, another expert witness um, said that the dead man may have been a ballet dancer.
0: Mm.
1: You don't know. could have been. I love no, that. No wonder
0: he was so sharply dressed. Yes, <laughs>
1: right? Fucking, oh, slaps. I love a man in a nice suit that does that, that ballet. I'm all
0: for it. Okay. And can walk in a pair of heels. That is fucking... That is so serious. I always get I so know, envious, I and I know you fucking can't. So
1: <laughs> I love it. I love those like dancers, those male dancers that can like they just they do like the splits and just like oh, in like massive like, heels. It's just so, so impressive.
0: Elegant. I like, mean, <laughs> like a ballet dancer. It's like oh, it's
1: effervescent. Like I did, mm. I did ballet for fourteen years. Would you believe?
0: Cold oh, hard fact. Yes. No, I wouldn't believe that, but mm, you told I did. me. I did. I need proof. I need to see a video of a dance recital I.
1: I have many videos. I will send you. Okay. Thank you. So all this left the Adelaide coroner Thomas Cleland with a real puzzle on his hands.
0: Oh, says puzzle. Says,
1: puzzle. We love a puzzle. So no there away only... your
0: Rubik's cube, kid. <laughs> 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 We've got, got a puzzle, a puzzle for,
1: for you. For you. So the only practical solution was that a very rare poison had been used, one that decomposed very early after death, leaving no trace. Now, that Ah, is... Interesting. That's how I want to go.
0: That's the only answer that they came to. That was the only thing that could possibly have happened.
1: So we'll get... Yeah, so this is what they're saying, right? So the only poisons capable of this were so dangerous and deadly that they didn't want to say the names of them in court. Instead, a piece of they were, they were they were like scribbled down on a piece of paper and passed
0: around, and the two oh, names. Oh, because they didn't want people to like like get to know.
1: Well, you I mean I them. fucking know what they are now because I've got them right here. So the names of the two possible candidates: <laughs> Digitalis, I want to say, but I can't pronounce them, and Stro Straphan I'm going to get strephanthin. Strephanthin? It's just T. Strephanthin. So, strephanthin was suspected, right? It's a red glycoside (laughs) derived from the (laughs) seeds of some African plants
0: i love that so much it's like the police and all of the like super investigative like people protecting people didn't want to let anybody know what the poison was so they all handed around a note and was like i've got them right here and it's like well <laughs> it, just, it wasn't very effective was not because they know exactly water. what they are
1: so you <laughs> fuck yourself so anyway strapanthin right strapanthin is suspected as i said just now um when cj really interrupted me with her Cackle. It's a red <laughs> like glycoside derived from the seeds of some African plants. Historically, Ooh. it was used by a little-known Somali tribe to poison arrows. Get it?
0: Ooh. Get it. But so, if there's no trace of the poison, like how? They just—they're they're
1: just, just suspecting that if it is it's like poison, process of
0: elimination. Yeah,
1: like it's because there is no proof because they like they 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 dwindle away like shortly after death. So there's no trace of them. But these are yeah. the two poisons that they're saying that could be the, the cause of death. But again, there's no proof. They're just speculating. They don't fucking know shit. <laughs> it's, a it's a puzzle. It is indeed <laughs> a puzzle that we puzzle. can we don't know. So, the police continue their investigation. A full set of fingerprints were taken and circulated throughout Australia. Um, and then the 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 entire English-speaking world, and no one could identify them. No one. Yeah. No one. All throughout Australia in the English-speaking world, no one can find these damn fingerprints. People from all over Adelaide were escorted to the mortuary in the hope they could give the corpse a name. Some thought they knew the man from photos published in newspapers. Others were distressed relatives of missing persons. Not one recognised the body. That's it's just it it's just crazy. Like to me, I can't understand how an entire living, breathing human being can just not cannot be known by anyone. Cannot be known by anyone unless someone's like, actively. It might, like, maybe he, maybe he, uh, you know what? I'll speculate when I'm done. I'll speculate when I'm done. Okay.
0: Yeah, I have, I have thoughts. I have have thoughts. thoughts, but I'll keep them till the end.
1: Yeah. So, by January 11th, the South Australia police had investigated and dismissed pretty much every lead they had. The investigation was now widened in an attempt to locate any abandoned personal possessions. This meant checking every hotel, dry cleaner, lost property office, and railway station for miles around. And it produced results it produced results on the 12th results? Results. on the 12th um, detectives were sent to uh, uh, the main railway station in Adelaide where they were shown a brown suitcase that, that had been left in the cloakroom there on November 30th <gasps> mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. so staff they can't Spicy. remember right. so they can't remember the owner um, and the contents were given them donuts like they were just, it was random shit So inside the case was a reel of orange thread. Where did we remember orange thread being?
0: Ah, his pocket.
1: His pants. He used to fix his pants or whatever. So this orange thread was identical to what was used in the dead man's trousers. Other than that, someone had put a lot of effort into removing any trace of who the dead guy was. So the case bore no stickers or markings, and the label had been torn off from one side. Tags were missing from all but three items of the clothing inside, which had the names Keen or T Keen, but it was hard to trace. I want to say Keen, yeah. T Keen, K E A N or T dot K E A N E. I don't know.
0: I wonder. So they must have like interviewed like the checkout people or whatever to see if anybody had taken the suitcase out. In
1: maybe I mean because you said
0: that this was like a, a locker.
1: Is it? So it was like um it was like, it was a what was it it was a cloak room or something in the in the in the main train station in Adelaide, right? So it'd been it had been left in the cloakroom on November thirtieth, and none of the staff members could remember like who the guy was or like whoever owned it, and it was just left there. And the only- which would make
0: sense that that so many people would like not recognize him because the only people that put train. That put sorry. I was just watching my microphone icon and it's like doing like this weird. Anyway, ignore. <laughs> <it>. um, <laughs> Are you okay? um, the so the, the only people like the only time I've ever put my suitcase in a train locker was when I was traveling through Copenhagen. Like you only use those lockers if you're traveling kind of long distance or something, because otherwise you don't really need a briefcase on a train. Yeah. So. That would make sense as to why people wouldn't recognize him in Adelaide.
1: I feel like it it feels like he's not from around these parts. You know what I mean? Around these parts. The world is a very big place. There is a a very real chance that we just didn't locate the people that knew the bull bastard. Anyway.
0: I just find it wild that like, I mean, it is the 40s, but I find it wild that it's not like as though it's a skeleton and they don't know what he looks like. It's like he's got like, it's his face, you know, like he has a face.
1: We'll get to that because there's details about yeah, we'll get to that. So, there's a stencil kit of the sort used by the third officer on merchant ships responsible for the stenciling of cargo, a table knife. This is what's in the suitcase, by the way, just mm-hmm. so you know. Uh, mm-hmm. A table knife with the half cut down and a coat stitched using a feather stitch unknown in Australia. A tailor identified the stitch work as, an, as American in origin, which suggests that the coat or maybe even perhaps the wearer had travelled like during the war years. But searches of shipping and immigration records from across the country again produced no leads. Mm. So there's a bunch of random shit in there. We don't know what's going on, Bubbity boopy. So but John, just kind
0: of kind of shows a little maybe geographical footprint potentially. I mean,
1: the only like connection in there was like the orange, the orange thread that the the man had on his pants, you know. Bubbity. Yeah, so it like yeah.
0: could be a co- coincidence potentially. Yeah,
1: exactly. So John Cleland, remember our boy John. Um, a, uh, they got, uh, yeah, wait, no, yeah, they come back, right, <laughs> so he's a professor of pathology at the University of Adelaide, and they get him to come back and re-examine the court <laughs> and the dead man's possessions.
0: <shkus> what a motherfucking spicy job, dude. That's I know, right? That's
1: sick. Jesus Christ almighty. So, in <laughs> April. Professor of
0: mythology.
1: Parte- professor of pathology, you dog. Oh, okay. Ooh, <laughs> Jesus. Christ fucking
0: cry well that's less exciting than being a professor of mythology so i'm no longer interested in him Uh, (laughs) why would
1: they get but that would make no sense to this story anyway in april four months after after the discovery of the body Cleveland's search produced a final piece of evidence and it was the most confusing of all which says a lot because this whole thing is a shit fight right (laughs) so Cleveland discovered a small pocket sewn into the waistband of the dead man's pants Um. Well, yeah, I know. So previous examiners had missed it. How do you miss that? I don't know. Um. And it seems to be a tender. It seems to have been made to like hold a fob watch. How forties of you? Oh. Mm -hmm. So inside the pocket was a piece of paper with the phrase. I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna butcher this, but we're gonna go with it. To mum should. To mum. To mum should. I don't fucking know. It's Persian. I'm not Persian. Oh. it's, it's It's. Yeah. So it's called tamam. tamam should please let me know if I' butchered that I don't know I'm really sorry guys so it's typed on this piece of paper that's been rolled up and popped into this little hidden pouchy pouch in his pants right <clears throat> And like this really you can Google it like I don't have pictures because you, you've got a phone so Google it it's like written in this like really fun little font. So Frank Kennedy, right? The police reporter for the, Adela- the Adelaide Advertiser recognized the words as Persian and told the police to grab a copy of a book of poetry. I'm going to butcher this again. The Ru- Ru- Rubiat of Omar Khayyam. I don't know. I'm
0: sorry. So You're doing great. You're doing great. And Yay. when we start our Instagram, everybody can tell us. About the correct pronunciation About is. how
1: unbelievably terrible I'm being right now. So it's written in the twelfth century, right? And it was popular in Australia during during the war era. So it existed in like heaps of other editions, but police failed to find one that matched the fancy type, like the fancy little font that they had.
0: This thing.
1: That's it, my friend. Thank you for Googling. Yeah. So no they were like, they inquired into like libraries and publishers and bookshops and they just, they couldn't find the edition that had the little piece because it'd been ripped from a book, right? Yeah. Um, at least it was possible to say the words to Mom should came from Kayam's romantic reflections on life and mortality with the phrase meaning it has ended.
0: So, if you take it, <laughs> it's like a perfect cocktail of just random shit to I know. make it seem like something a little bit more is going on. I know it could just all be random shit, but it's just that little it's, bit too coincidental. It's just that a little like, bit too weird
1: <laughs> But if you take that, if you take that as in its like literal meaning, you could just you know a lot of people thought it was just like a suicide. You know, he's got that. Like little he piece, killed himself. Yeah. Like he's necked it and he's just left it because he. Uh, I don't know. But if you're gonna I don't wanna be insensitive, but I mean if you're gonna do it, why are you leaving like a puzzle, you know, in your in your little
0: sits sewn up picture it your fans. I mean it might not have been a puzzle for like his like his people, like I don't know, his family or something. If he was like I don't know if he was Persian or if he was whatever, That's like what you I mean. would expect that the immediate people around him, it wouldn't necessarily be a puzzle, but it's only because it's he was found in fucking Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's exactly he looks like he looks like a classic Adelaide dad, kind of. Mm-hmm. He does,
0: like, but like, weird.
1: but
0: like Like
1: but he's, like, right. like that. Like he's a wet, but he like, looks like he looks just like an Adelaide dad. I don't know. Like he's just, he just looks like a typical Aussie bloke. But like, he looks nice, which is not the usual thing for a typical Aussie bloke but back and we're, the- we're
0: not saying that like white Australians are like the typical Australians because they're not but more so like a typical Bogan dad maybe will say I think is what Skylar is trying as, to say as
1: someone, as someone who comes from far north Queensland can confirm Bogan dad typical Bogan dad typical yeah. Bogan dad okay <laughs> So, you know, if you take it at face value, you could just think it's suicide, you know, if you take it, this little translation. Um, but yeah, so the discovery took them no closer to finding out who the dead guy was. In the meantime, the body has started to get a little... Decompose. Get a little bit crispy, to say the get least. Get a bit gnarly. Get a bit gnarly. So arra- yeah. arrangements were made for a burial, but prior to this, they had the body embalmed just in case they wanted to, like, ex- if they needed to, like, exhume it at a later date. And they also had casts of, like, the head and, like, the upper torso done as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they were always good with that back in the day of, like, trying to preserve the evidence because they knew that technology would advance. It will like, get
1: better, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, they, they tried. And, I mean, I'm kind of impressed that they did, like, they thought to do all that anyway.
0: So... Um... <gasps> do you know what they should have done? Do I don't know, maybe they have done this. They should do the dna thing and see if they can find somebody that's related to him
1: well i uh, i actually found a a thing on that biggie but i'll get to that so okay so after that the body was buried sealed under concrete in a plot of dry ground again so if they needed to exhume him later they could so uh as late as 1978 so this is a while 30 years yeah 30 years later so flowers would be found at odd intervals in the grave but no one knew Who was leaving them there, or why? Weird. Could just be someone feeling a bit bad, you know. And some, you know, I I I feel you're looking into that one a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like an unknown guy that no one knows. You know, you feel bad for him. Drop him some flowers. Make him feel nice. You know.
0: Yeah. So I do think that some people actually genuinely like do that. Like whether they look after the cemetery if they live near the cemetery or whatever. Yeah. And they see like a grave that looks like it's kind of been forgotten or like whatever. They'll leave flowers. Just, yeah like I've, I've heard of people doing
1: that before but like that's yeah i mean i only recently i've only recently seen like on the news and like, there's a girl and she goes around to the cemetery and she like scrubs all like these headstones clean and like tidies it up it's really cute i love it i, I love saw, that saw that on
0: tiktok Whole news i saw, I on saw news. that on tiktok
1: <laughs> well an old woman blow it out your ring anyway so in july so eight months after the investigation had started the search for the rights of ruby out i don't know produce it produce some results right so on the 23rd a Glenelg man walked into the in, into the detective office in Adelaide with a copy of of the book, right? <gasps> so the man states that he had gone for a drive with his brother-in-law in a car that he kept parked near the near the area the body was found, Summerton. So he kept his car parked there. And the brother-in-law, right, found a copy of this book, the r- r- Ruby, ruby I, I don't know. I'm butchering I feel bad, sorry. So it was lying on the, the copy of this book lying on the floor of the of the rear seats, okay? So, both men kind of thought that it belonged to the other. So, neither of, them, neither of them, like, said anything about it. And it was just been, like, it had been sitting in the glove compartment of their car for ages.
0: So, but... What Wait, what? Yeah. They just found... Uh, this, this is... That okay. is, bullshit. That okay, is okay, bullshit. Okay, 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 so,
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Imagine, imagine, right? So, I, I've i got a car, okay? And you and I are going for a drive. And you see this, like, book in the backseat of my car. You don't think anything of it. You're going to assume it's mine, right? Right? You wouldn't go, what the... Hey, what the... That...
0: No, no, no. But no, given that, they haven't heard of this of case
1: yet. They haven't heard of this case yet.
0: No, no, no. I... Look, all of this I understand. I understand the concept of, like, you know, two people being in the car, assuming that the object belongs to the other. The book was in their car. How the fuck did the book get in their car? No, this is a... Like, business,
1: this, is, this is a man and his brother-in-law it's not their car they have together
0: it doesn't matter how did the book get in the fucking car but i mean no, we... my, my point my point I is that if all of a sudden luke went into his truck and there was a random book in that truck that belonged to neither of you
1: but we live that... together but no we live together that's different we live together i'd be like hey what the fuck's this you know what i mean But if, like, I got into your car and you and I don't live together and we don't share a car and I got and just saw a book, I'd be like, oh, it's probably hers. I wouldn't think anything of it.
0: No, 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 Skylar, I'm not talking about that part. I am not talking about who, whatever, whatever. I'm talking about the fact that a random book has shown up in this man's car. And he's saying that it just appeared and he doesn't know how it got there. That's what I'm saying is weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Wait, whose car is it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking weird.
0: That's, I don't know. no, that's, that's what I'm saying is strange, is the fact that they're, like, if I got in my sister's car and we found something that belonged to neither of us, I would call the police immediately because it means somebody that I don't know has somehow managed to get in my car and left a, like, it's weird. It's not normal for there to be a random p- item. Do you get what I'm saying? i mean i don't know i mean like it's like if it's like
1: the i think the dude thinks that the brother-in-law put it there so he didn't think anything no, I, of
0: it i understand i understand that right i think it's a bullshit story oh definitely because how? how did the book get in I mean, the car I, I mean yeah i don't know. unless his story is that somebody broke into his car to read a book and then left the book there no. Okay. that's so, his
1: story. No, no, no. So they've both gone for a drive, right? So it's his... It's I assume it's this guy's car, okay? And then the brother-in-law's in there. They're both going for a drive, right? And then who found it? So the brother-in-law found a copy of that book lying on the floor of the rear seats of his fucking brother-in-law's car. It's getting very confusing. But both men quietly thought that it belonged to the other and said nothing, and then it sat in the glove compartment of the vehicle. Okay, it's fucking weird, all right? I get it! Thank you!
0: No, that's what I'm saying! Like, I don't care about the fact that they thought it belonged to the other person. The point is that there is a random item that doesn't belong to anybody that has shown up in a locked car. That's what's fucking weird, okay? That's, like, that's the part that doesn't make sense, because then their story is that they had this car that was parked vaguely near the beach, and it's locked the entire time, but randomly they found the book. I mean, it doesn't say that it doesn't
1: say. There's no details about whether the car was locked or not. There's it's nothing. It's just they have parked the car there in Somerton, where that body was found, and then like they went for a drive and both thought that the book belonged to the other. I don't know why you would get in your own car and think that your brother in law left. it. I don't know.
0: It's like I, it's, yeah. <sighs> look, we can move on, but that. Sounds like bullshit to me. That's like just a, something randomly appearing in your car, and like you believing that it belongs to. Like, do, do you like if you see something I know, that I doesn't get, belong I get, to? It's I, fucking weird. Like okay, I get what continue. you mean,
1: but I mean I don't know. Eight I mean, months
0: after finding the fucking
1: if if, thing, if if
0: wait what? You said it was eight months after I they went. found the Summerton man.
1: Yeah. So no, it's so eight months after the investigation had begun. Um, yeah. So on the twenty third. Brought I, the book I, in. walked into so the it took office, him eight yeah. months to question
0: this book like and i understand the concept of like abandoning something in a glove compartment that happens to everybody no it's no no i more... don't like
1: no no no. so it's like eight months after yeah but that's after the whole thing had come out like like you don't actually know i haven't got information on when the details of like this particular part of the book being found on this dude when that came into when when that was like public knowledge do you know what i mean it's not like they started the investigation eight months prior to him having that. But I don't know. No, if no, you no, don't know. no, 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 no.
0: I'm, th- I'm thinking more so, like, he obviously, he brought the book into the detectives eight, eight months, months after, after the investigation it started. again. Yeah? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we don't know when he necessarily found the book right, in his car or anything. But I'm just saying it took him that long. Like, I remember everyone talking about the Summerton Man thing. This was, like, the biggest news. Like, I don't – sorry, I don't remember because I was not alive. But I know when I've heard other people talking about it that this was massive news, right? This, like, random man that was found. It was the biggest thing in Adelaide. And the note that was found, all of this kind of stuff was – it was, like, big news. And – I'm, look, the only point I'm getting stuck on is finding something random in your car that doesn't belong to you and just being like, meh, it's fine. I don't That's know, but I mean, weird. like, for
1: me, it's like, yeah, it would be weird, but, like, if they're, like, consistently sharing a car all the time and you know that, like, you're, I don't know, if your brother-in-law's leaving shit in your car on the reg, like, it could, like, that doesn't seem too weird. Like if you and I were sharing a car regularly and then a book popped up in the back seat and I knew that you had probably been in the car or whatever, like I wouldn't be like I'd look at it and I'd be like, Oh I don't know. Like I don't think it's, it would be that weird to dismiss it if you're sharing a car with someone. Like shit pops up in our car that I share with Luke all the time and I don't go analysing it. You know what I mean?
0: The Persian book of poetry.
1: I don't know. I don't know what Luke's into, man. <laughs> I don't know. But then you got to remember this book. Like I said before, it was really popular in Australia during like. Oh, It was before... really popular
0: in Australia. Yeah. So okay. I, I all right. like. We can so... we can move on. I'm being a stickler. It's all. Bent. I don't. I don't
1: wanna, I don't know. I mean, like for me, it's like initially it's like wait, want, but then if you're like, okay, well they're going for a drive together. If like you don't know the details of it though, you know, if they're both yeah, yeah, yeah. sharing that car, and then a book pops up, a very popular book in Australia at the time, and i don't know i wouldn't be like oh what the fuck what the fuck's that like if you just be like oh maybe that person just it just the owner and they've left it in the car and you wouldn't think much of it and you just leave in the glove department it doesn't seem like something that's too unbelievable to me or like too sinister for me like until until sinister
0: but yeah yeah i get what you're saying
1: like once you get into like once it started became like public knowledge and like this piece of paper from this specific book like I'd be like, okay, what? Like, then you go back and look at it, which we're gonna get to right now. I like, get where you're coming from, but I mean, like, if you if you know more, I don't know. I think you need to have like more, like know more about their relationship or or whatever to, to think to wonder if that's too the, weird the happenings,
0: or, um. the going on's the, on, the, the goings, the going. I'm just, just to... suspicious of everybody. You I really mean, are. They, they killed that no, joking, joking. It's like you. It's you God, just more. I find cold that cold strange. Like, you. Yeah. I, I just find me. that strange in the sense that, like...
1: Like, it would yeah. freak me the fuck out if later I looked at that and I was like, neither. If when, once you find out that neither of you own that book...
0: Own it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it seems like they took they took it into the police once Ex- they realised
1: Exactly, that, so. right? So, moving on. <laughs> CJ and I like to get into rants. Okay, so both men had seen the story <laughs> in the news, right? And they decided to go have a look at the book and to their surprise, the last page... Along with like the last words of the author, Kayan, K- K- is that what I said? Uh, had been torn out, right? So it's like, oh, bobbity grippy. That's a bit fucking weird. So another piece to
0: the puzzle. Another
1: another piece to the puzzle. So Detective Sergeant Lionel Leanne, I'm gonna say, took a close look at the book and immediately found a phone number pencilled on the rear cover. So on closer inspection. <sighs> Right? Yes. This is like a scavenger hunt! <laughs> it is, right? So on closer inspection, beneath the number he found, faint impressions of letters written in capitals were, like, underneath this number, right? So, they found the phone number was unlisted, but then it, they also found that it wound up to belong to a young nurse who lived near Somerton Beach. <gasps> so, right? So, like the two Glenelg men, the one, the one that we were just really fell down a rabbit hole about the car, those two blokes, right? Like them she never wanted to be publicly identified and, and it's a bummer but in the 40s they were all for protecting people's identities okay
0: so it's good it's, it's good But i look i doubt that not, this woman killed him not for me she doesn't so want to, to have know. her whole life she doesn't want to have her whole life uplifted. i want to fucking like love. maybe if the media had some more fucking class but unfortunately they don't so
1: mm. well back <laughs> in the day they weren't they weren't too bad apparently so They protected the two guys' identities and this woman's identity, um, because they didn't want to be connected to the case, understandably, so I wouldn't be wanting to, you know, I wouldn't want to be connected to some dude that, like, was found dead on a beach and no one knows who he is, you know? So, they nicknamed her Justine, I don't don't know, why, why the ridiculous, why the ridiculous spelling, I don't know. So... The nurse admitted that she'd been presented, that she had presented a copy, sorry, of the r- Ruby ad. I've got to look up the fucking pronunciation.
0: To a man that Just say uh, However you're going to say it, just say it. Don't I mean every I'm time fucking, you're going to say it. I'm just fight you. be like. Just say it. Make a decision.
1: I'm just going to change it up every time I say it. So she presented <laughs> it to a dude she'd known during the war, right? But like she did, she seemed a bit. Like, she didn't want to really chat about it. And this could probably be she was, like, living with her, like, her current boyfriend or, like, fiancé at the time when she you know. Yeah.
0: She doesn't want yeah, to talk about an old
1: flame in front of the yeah, man. a
0: light, a light amount of adultery, potentially.
1: You don't know. You never know, right? You know? I, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. We don't want to throw Justine out the, out, <laughs> under the bus. You know? We don't know. So, she, but she did. She gave the detective his name. His name was Alfred Boxel. <gasps> Alfred Boxel. Don't get too fucking excited. They thought Alfred uh. Boxel was the unknown man, right? They traced him to well, his home. Well, you would. Right, exactly. So they traced him to his home in Maruba, New South Wales, where they found the Boxel <gasps> Mar- was- Mar-
0: <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Mar- in New South Wales.
1: Mar- he was still alive, unfortunately. He was still alive, but he did Not have a copy. He was still alive. Well, it is unfortunate to the story because I want to come to a conclusion. But much like American Psycho, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Okay. So, they found Boxel. The dude's still alive. He's living in the bra. He's living his best life. He's still got a copy of Justine's book that she gave him. Such romance. Oh, maybe they're like, you know, each other's Noah and alley but that's a whole other story
0: okay that's so so she's saying the only copy of the book that she's ever given anybody
1: she gave to this alfred she gave to alfred boxall who's still alive living in the bra still has the copy that he got from her and on this on this copy it had the nurse's inscription and it was completely intact so the scrap of paper hidden in the dead man's pocket had to have come from somewhere else because it didn't come from the copy she gave
0: alfred but didn't they find her phone number? Yeah. In the other book?
1: Yeah. They found her number. They found her number in the book that was in the glove compartment of the two men. That was in the glove men. compartment. Yeah, they found her number in there. It belonged to a nurse, but she—the only book she'd ever given anyone—was to Alfred Boxall, who was still alive, still had her copy with her inscription in it. And it was completely intact. It had no pieces <laughs> ripped out, right? This is weird. It's like, how it's, does how does that... Sounds a little,
0: like, a little bit suspicious. <laughs> it's like it's maybe bit just, suspicious. might be holding back some, it just some information what do you about doing? her dalliances as a you young nurse.
1: <laughs> maybe she, like, hands out books to all the people she has a fling with, like, of that copy, because mm. it's hashtag romantic.
0: I think you know? it's very, like, I'm not like other girls. Like, you know, you can imagine, like some fucking Newtown chick walking around giving people a Persian poetry book, being like, remember me, you know yeah, what I mean?
1: Yeah, it, <laughs> it should be a bit of a wanker. But they, like, alas, you know, because the coppers back then, they were, like, you know, they were trying to be nice. So they didn't press her. They didn't keep questioning her, obviously. And, meh.
0: Yeah. What? But
1: they didn't they didn't keep going. They didn't really push her. They didn't really probe. They didn't really get in there. They didn't get Why? In there. She's, like,
0: the only connect... But, and no, okay, what, what, what did the letters underneath say? They were just, they were just
1: letters, they were just bot letters and, like, capitals. But, like, you couldn't really make them out, I don't think.
0: So, so the it, only lead that they had, they were like, oh, no, no, no you don't okay. want to upset Justine.
1: Justine! <laughs> no, no, no. So she was interviewed again, and she recalled that sometime the previous year she'd come home to be told by her neighbours that an unknown man had called and asked for her. Um, a bit weird. So she was she was then confronted uh, with, the, with the cast that they did of the dead man's face and she was apparently completely <laughs> taken aback to the point yeah. of giving the appearance she was about to faint she seemed to recognise the dude but firmly denied that she ever knew the, who, who she was <laughs> but she seemed to like be freaked out like oh my god fucking just see then just ditch. What a fucking oh I'm off. There. I cannot believe
0: that someone can so vehemently refuse to like, you know, work with authorities and they just are like, okay no, They're just okay, no worries. Whatever
1: whatever's tickling you go You know, we man, don't
0: wanna push you, Justine. You are just, related to someone potentially being poisoned, but we don't wanna push you out of your funny little fucking comfort zone. No, Justine,
1: please, 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 please. Sit back, relax, put your feet up. Ain't no pressure, alright? There's only a random dead guy on the beach. We don't know who he is. We're not going to press you, the only lead. Anyway. I so, would say
0: that if they, were show- if they were showing her, like, an actual, like, you know, photo of the dead man's face or something. But it being, like, like of him being dead, then sure, you know what, fake, do your thing. But it's a cast of, of someone's face. face.
1: It's a cast of his face. And they're just like, hmm. She's like, oh, um, excuse me, what the fuck? And yeah, I don't know. It all seems a bit wiggity whack to me, but I'm not gonna judge Justine. Mm. Okay, so that left a faint impression. Sergeant I had noticed in the Glenelg r- r- rubiat What? Where? Where am I? Where am I at? What? Yeah. So she. Okay. Okay. Wait. Okay. So this it's is again. the. Okay. It's so again. this yeah. book I think is being. So the 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 book from um from the dudes in the glove compartment. So it gets examined under ultraviolet light. Five lines of jumbled letters could be seen. The second of which had been crossed out. The first three were separated. It was separated from the last two by a pair of straight lines with an X written over them. It seemed that they were some sort of code. So, breaking a code from only a small fragment of text is exceedingly difficult. But the police did their best. <laughs> They sent Back the to the spy shit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so they sent the message to naval intelligence home to the finest cipher experts in Australia. Oh Daddy. Oh. And they allowed the message to be published in the press. This produced a frenzy of amateur. <gasps> they am- did a zodiac! They,
0: they did, did it! As- a- <laughs> yeah. So they,
1: they, this produced a frenzy of amateur code breaking, almost all of it fucking worthless. And a message from the Navy concluded that the code appeared unbreakable.
0: Every like it is the most Australian thing in the world (laughs) to look at the newspaper, see a code, and be like, I can do that. So I can can break that.
1: (laughs) So that's pretty much that's it. Like the mistress so it was put to rest. They didn't know what was going on. They never cracked the code. The the man was never identified. Justine cocked it a while ago, I think. When did she die? Like a few years ago without revealing why she'd seemed likely to faint. Yeah, so she died. She didn't she couldn't explain why she was gonna pass out. Fucking bullshit artist, I'd say. <laughs> um oh, what does she say? In his room okay. Wait, wait. Yeah. It's just no one knows. My okay, look, I feel like he could either be like a former boyfriend of the nurse. But then that doesn't explain why he mysteriously died. I'm feeling, I feel like it's, like, I'm getting spy vibes. I'm getting spy, spy vibes. vibes. I'm getting okay. spy vibes because it's like, all it's very similar to the Oslo woman. The Oslo, if yeah. anyone doesn't know, Google like Oslo unknown woman. She like don't died. even Google
0: it. Just go and watch episode whatever the fuck of unknown mysteries. Yeah, unsolved and mysteries. Know. it's and called it'll show like you. the Oslo woman or something. I think. Yeah. yeah. Or mystery like, but- in Oslo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just it's 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 really fucking random, um, but yeah, like it's just like hers. All of her like tags on her clothes were like cut off, like and she had no ID. Like she checked into this is another case, by the way, just which is similar. But she like checked into a hotel without having to give like a passport ID, any kind of info, which is whacking itself. Like what the fuck's going on there? But anyway, it's really similar to that. Like he's just got like. He's got, I don't know, he's got no ID on him. He's got no no, no wallet, no passport, no nothing. All of his tags are off his clothes. He's a fucking spy. He's a Russian spy.
0: Do you know what I think?
1: In my opinion. What do you think?
0: Here's my theory, right? This is just purely from listening to your, you know... Rambles. I believe that potentially... This man was part of the LGBTQ plus community of the 1940s, which was very illegal and was a very underground community, Uh which is why nobody has come forward because you obviously don't go to the police when you're in a marginalized community. That's why Chestine didn't say anything about who he was because it would have uncovered all of the other people who would also then be scrutinized by the police and potentially you know, would have marred the man's name and, like, all of this kind of stuff. I That's what maybe sounds the most likely. I mean, I am purely saying that from the fact of the heels, so I don't want to, like, seem like as though it's, like, that's the be-all and end-all because that's not confirmed necessarily. I know that it was, like, the autopsy thing that he wears heels, but I don't know, maybe he just wore ill-fitting shoes. But if the heels thing is correct and whatever... That kind of makes the most sense to me because it's like, it's. Yeah. if Why is nobody willing to talk about it? Why is no one willing to come forward? It would be to protect other people. And I know that that community was like super underground at the time because it was fucking illegal to be who you were. So, yeah.
1: I don't know.
0: That's kind of the thought that I have. But with all the tags and everything being cut off. I, I don't know about that. Like, like yeah. And, like, you know, back. like,
1: the case, like, the brown, like, the suitcase with, like the, the, like, the little orange thread. To be fair, that's, like, the only thing that really connects the case, though, there, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and even if it was his suitcase, it would just be filled with his clothes. Like, it's not, like, you know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It was weird. It's just weird. I feel like that's a really good, that's, like, I actually kind of agree with that. <laughs> it's like the most, like most logical one, though, you know? Like, I really want him to be a Russian spy, but the odds of a Russian spy washing up on a South Australian beach, you know, in Adelaide, slim, you know?
0: Well, there were Russian spies in Australia, but I think they were more so during the Cold War, not really during the World War, but I might be wrong with that. The War War. Um, yeah. The War War. <laughs> the War War. But, yeah. That's kind the- of, yeah, that's, like, my guess, but purely from... The heels thing, so I don't want it to be like, you know, you know, straight men can wear heels too. Did they in the nineteen forties? I don't really know. So
1: <laughs> maybe. Maybe at maybe, home. Who knows? Maybe at home in their bedroom frisky. Checking out in the mirror, wearing their wives' outfits, feeling fresh. You don't know. Could have.
0: So I think that we have enough time to do mine. Because do it. if we take yeah. out the, like, 15 minutes that we spent talking about the horror movie list at the start.
1: If we (laughs) we take out, like, 10 minutes of rambles in the beginning, we can fucking
0: do this, bet! Alright, so, today, I'm going to be talking to you about Woodstock, 1969. Oh heck yeah. Or, how I like to call it, the original Fire Festival. (laughs) (laughs) The original, <laughs> the original
1: this science. is not what i expected this is not i know what I
0: expected from you i was like i was like the, i was trying to like think of something to do and then i was like you know our lockdown's been extended and i have very much like i work in the music industry right so i've been like you know really deep diving into a whole bunch of different things with my work recently and oh what i wanted to tell you is that i had one of my um for the first time one of my artists was premiered on the radio Yay. <laughs> Get, on it, get, get it Thursday night. Let's go. A wine. I got scent champagne. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> right? And well, I don't you know what to change. do with it because once I open it, I don't think that I can not drink the whole bottle, right? That's you not do.
1: Anything, right? No, you know, you've got to drink the whole bottle unless you've got like a corky little, like a like a a champagne stopper. So do you know
0: what I'm gonna keep it for? I'm gonna keep it for when we're both fully back and so we can go for a picnic. Oh, you. Yeah, you, me, Steph, and Louie. Oh, and heck we'll you. Yeah. The awesome. The awesome. Drink awesome. The champagne. Awesome. It's an, awesome.
1: It's an um, iconic, iconic quad, quad, quad. I don't know. what
0: I'm trying to say. So yeah, I was thinking of a story. I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to do an unsolved mystery thing. All of the like, all of the other ones that I have on like a list are all kind of. There was like a moment where I was like, maybe I'll do Atlantis. So I really went Whoa. left field of Atlantis and went instead to Woodstock. So it's very, very obvious. Th- op- they're
1: not the same thing
0: for sure no very different i went like down a bit of a rabbit hole of like old clips of music festivals and stuff because i was sad that you know splendor's been moved again and all this kind of stuff so so we're talking about woodstock so let's fucking get into it guys let's Let's dive straight in so if you don't if you haven't heard of woodstock it was a festival that happened in 1960s it was during the height of the hippie movement during the height of the vietnam war um, opposition type, you know, controversies at the beginning of the civil rights movement. It was a it was a tumultuous decade, let's say. There was a lot going on. they are a bit either. similar to now, but you know. similar <laughs> <laughs> so, to write now, to write at this moment. Um So Woodstock was a music festival held August fifteen to eighteen of nineteen sixty nine on Max Yasgur's dairy farm in Betha, New York. Cute. So 65 kilometers southwest from the town of Woodstock. So initially, the festival was supposed to be held in Woodstock, but as you'll see, the organization of this thing was an absolute fucking shit fight. So you know, Woodstock, which was you know kind of known for being a hub for music, I suppose like you would say Newtown is now for Australia, but it's really fucking it's not. <laughs> you know, whatever you think. So maybe Melbourne, right? Maybe like kind of like the same vibe as Melbourne is very artsy, artsy, but um. It was known for being a place that a lot of musicians would go and record their music and and all of that kind of stuff. So they initially, the festival organizers wanted to do a festival in Woodstock because it was such an iconic kind of area. But the the community in Woodstock was like, fuck off. And so they had to go to Bethel, which was like this farm town down down south. They were like, oh, anyway, It's like so. Yes, that was essentially <laughs> said. And it's not like the people in Bethel were too fucking happy about it either, but let's. <laughs> I digress. Let's continue <laughs> So the festival was labelled as an aquarian exposition, three days of peace and music. And it attracted an audience of over 400,000 people.
1: That's not even that much, you know? That's like a picnic. What? What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think so, you can kind of feel where this is going, right?
1: <laughs> i just gonna, yeah. I can see how I can see where this is. I can, I know what's going on. I know so, going
0: on. the founding fathers of Woodstock. Right, so they created a company called um, I think it was like Woodstock Ventures or something to create this festival. So there was Michael Lang, who was a festival organizer who had you know done like a it was like a successful Miami Rock Festival or something in 1968. So he had had some success with that. There was Artie Cornfield, who was the youngest vice president of a record label, which I can't remember right now, and then there was Joel Rosenman and John P. Roberts, both of who were New York entrepreneurs who were part of the team to finance the project. Yeah. Yeah. All of these four people (laughs) were under the age of 27. Not saying saying that people (laughs) under the age of 27 can't organise a festival, just knowing that if I tried to get together with three other youths (laughs) to do this, I would be... Not in a great space. But these were successful, you know, 27-year-old white men. So, you know, they had the bravado <laughs> to try and do whatever they could. <laughs> it's like you were
1: on top of the food chain... Go forth and rule the world. Go
0: forth. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, Roberts and Rosamond financed the project whilst Lang and Cornfield were more so in charge of the actual organisation. So from the beginning, all four disagreed on the best way to approach the project. Initially, Where, the yeah. idea was for the four to build a studio in Woodstock, in the woods, amongst the nature. But when Roberts <laughs> and Rosamund were like, mm, we don't really want to pay for that because that sounds like a really bad idea. <laughs> amongst among the nature. They came back to um Lang and Cornfield and were like, how about instead we hold a festival? That sounds like something that's, you know, more profitable, makes more sense, you know, it can be an event, it'll, you know, it, it it just makes more sense for what they're trying to do. So, Roberts was a New York entrepreneur, as I said, and so he was very disciplined in how he thought that everything should be organized, how he thought everything should run, whilst Lang was incredibly laid back. <laughs> incredibly laid back and he saw Woodstock as like a new kind of relaxed way of bringing entrepreneurs together like when I say the hippie movement was really fucking happening it was it was really it was really Happening, you know, so <laughs> it's
1: like it's gonna be fun,
0: everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's like that meme of the dog sitting in a room and everything's on fire, and he's like, This is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lang was unable to find a site for the festival, which forced Roberts and Rosamond to go on this like massive road trip to try and find a place for the festival to happen themselves. This and many other flags made them, you know, red flags, made them kind of contemplate whether or not they should really be putting their money into this project to start off with. Turn your phone off, Skylar.
1: I'm just quickly. Hang on. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, if you don't know, Skylar does uni, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, turn your phone off. We've got like half an hour left of this. You can deal with it.
1: I can't turn it off, my friend. It's, it's, it's recording my podcast.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. We'll Just stop looking at it. Turn it over. Okay, anyway, very rude. I was fully involved in your story and now you're not even paying attention to me. And I feel hurt by that. So
1: get talking, mate.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Roberts and Rosenman are like, fuck, maybe we shouldn't actually, you know, put hundreds of thousands of dollars into this project because nobody seems to know what the fuck they're doing. But, you know, they once they found a venue, they and They managed to secure their first big act, which was Credence Clearwater Revival, who signed on as the first musician that was going to perform at Woodstock. Everything else kind of started to come into shape. Other musicians started to sign on because, you know, there was a reputable name attached with the Credence and like all that kind of stuff. So in the April of 1969, everything was kind of locked in and their confidence was restored in the project, right? So things are looking a little bit more up. Once Credence signed on, as I said, the other big acts jumped in line and signed on, although the Credence Clearwater members have since expressed their bitterness over their experience at the festival. They did not have a great time, which I'll go into a little how bit. How do you <laughs> not
1: have a great time at Woodstock? I'll,
0: yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> so a key example of how the organisers were flying by the absolute seat of their fucking pants is that the, fest- the festival was initially supposed to be you know, a full profit festival, you know, as normal, you would pay for a ticket and thus you would attend. Um, but it quickly became a free concert when circumstances prevented the organizers from installing fences and ticket booths before opening day. Thus, 500,000 people descended onto the grounds and just attended. Right, oh So God. there was no crowd regulation whatsoever. Advance tickets, however, were available at $18 and they sold 186,000 advance tickets before the event, even though they had told the owner of the venue, the townspeople, every fucking governing body, that maximum 50,000 people were going to attend. 50,000 people were supposed to attend this festival. Half a million people attended (laughs) the fucking festival.
1: (laughs) That, my friend, is a shit fight.
0: Yes. Holy Fuck. So let's dive a bit more into the venue and what happened with that. Right. So the place that Roberts and Rosamond discovered on their little road trip was the 1.2 kilometer square, sp- 1.2 oh, square no. kilometers, 1.2 oh. square kilometers like sardines. the Mills Industrial Park, which they leased for $10,000, which is $71,000 today. They assured the town of Woodstock, as I mentioned, that no more than 50,000 people would be attending the festival. The townspeople, with the thought of 50,000 people, vehemently vehemently opposed the event, which the promoters decided to flip into a publicity stunt by saying that they had been forced to stop construction on the site due to a new law being passed that all festivals and events that had over 5,000 people attending would be... Wouldn't need a permit right so they were like fuck you townspeople we're going to tell everybody what you're trying to do here blah 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 which nobody actually legally was like you cannot do what you're doing but they tried to make that kind of as an excuse as to why the festival was so badly organized Um, So, as I mentioned, this was just a publicity stunt, and whilst the townspeople hated that the festival was happening, no legal action was taken prior to the festival. The park itself formed kind of a natural bowl, sloping Mm -hmm. down to a pond on the land's north side. The stage would be set up at the bottom of the hill, with the pond forming kind of like a nice little visual backdrop.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Ironically, the pond, which was owned by a man called Filippini, and thus the pond was called Filippini Pond, was... (laughs) He, so, Filippini was the only landowner that refused to sign a lease to the festival in the area. So, he was like, you cannot come on my grounds, you cannot use my pond for your festival, absolutely not, put up a fence, I'm not being a part of this.
1: They absolutely used yeah. the pond for the festival.
0: Yeah, this was futile, um, <laughs> as the pond became popular for skinny dipping whilst the event was happening. Um, so just you know essentially everything was out of control nobody had any say in anything because there were just too many fucking people <laughs> so you can't you can't, you can't
1: fight all of us
0: <laughs> whilst the promoters did receive a stock work order at one point it was eventually lifted pending backing by the department of health and agriculture and removal of all structures by set on the land by september the 1st 1969 so like the next week of- after the festival due to how long it took for them to lock in the final site though they only locked in the site like a month before the festival was supposed to happen which is not good <laughs> Um, the festival organizers were faced with the no win situation of either prioritizing stage construction so that, you know, they had a stage for their festivals. There was one stage at Woodstock. So if they didn't construct this stage, there would be nowhere for their musicians to perform and thus no music at the festival or building fences to control the, the space and ticket booths so that they could keep track of how many people were coming in and also get money for all of the you know, money that they've put into the festival even though they would have had to build the stage no matter what, because as I said, otherwise there's literally no music. The choice was soon taken away from them as overnight, 50,000 people arrived early to the venue two days beforehand. They, they arrived early and the ticket booths and fences had still not been built. So at that point, people just kind of, you know, there were no security guards there yet. There were no police there yet because it was two days before the festival. So nobody was supposed to be there. These 50,000 people arrived and just sat in front of the stage. And because there were, They had to make it a free event. There was like nothing that they could do. At this point, there was nothing that they could do. Oh
1: my god! Set fire to everything.
0: All of this left Roberts and Rosamond in financial ruin after the festival happened. Oh really? They they made no money. Doesn't make sense. The massive influx of people traveling to the area made for huge traffic jams, which once broadcast on television and radio began deterring even more people from attending. So it's estimated that like a million people wanted to kind of come, had the intention of coming on Woodstock weekend. But because of what a shit fight it was from like day dot, a lot of people were turned away. So because of how bad, (laughs) because of how bad the traffic jams were, some people literally just abandoned their cars left their cars there in the middle of the road in the traffic jam and walked to the festival. So obviously that does not help the traffic jam situation because nobody's moving. That's what most people did. So all the roads in the area were completely done, completely stopped. Nobody was getting in or out. (laughs) It was was fucked up, right? (laughs) So we're going well. We're going well. To add to the difficulties around managing the large crowd, recent rain had caused muddy roads and fields, and the facilities were not equipped to handle the sheer amount of people attending, leaving punters by the hundreds of thousands struggling against bad weather, like torrential rain bad weather, food shortages, (laughs) and poor sanitation. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Like, how do you fuck this up? And how is this festival so famous?
0: So We'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there. So on the third day of the festival, Sunday, August 17, the New York governor, Nelson Rockefeller, Rockefeller,
1: mm. called
0: Roberts and told him he was going to order 10,000 National Guard troops to the festival to manage the crowds if something did not change, right? So, Roberts managed to talk him off the ledge and stand down, but he couldn't prevent the Sullivan County, which is where Betha kind of is, that's the region it's in, from declaring a state of emergency. Oh, my fucking God.
1: (laughs) It's like, hey, we're just going to set up a festival, but we've really fucked it, and now the region's in a, in a literal state of emergency, and people are stressed. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> My bad. People are really
0: fucking stressed. We're people, so sorry. People are upset. Town's fault can't go anywhere because the roads are filled with empty cars.
1: <laughs> well, you wanted to do your groceries too fucking bad, Just Justine. <laughs> <laughs> so Justine, Justine's
0: crossed over. <laughs> Justine attended. Yes, yeah, Justine Ch- a- attended.
1: <laughs> Just, Justine has crossed over from being a nurse in, in the late forties to being a Woodstock hippie. Yeah.
0: Yes, maybe she was always a Woodstock hippie. You don't know. you know
1: fucking know that. So
0: during the festival, things got so out of control that personnel from the nearby Stewart Air Force Base were called to help ensure order and airlift performers in and out of the concert site. Oh, my God. It is rumored, however, that there were no more than a dozen policemen trying to control the crowd.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Um, Oh Can you imagine? it's like God, in, like dang. imagine
0: like the the Braveheart crowd running at like twelve people. Oh my God, it's so funny. So the one thing that I will say about Woodstock and what has kind of lent led to it being known for so long and not really having a negative perception in any way, shape, or form, is that it was remarkably peaceful. So as I said, like the people who attended Woodstock were fucking they were hippies. They were like counter counterculture youths that were all about smoking the ganja. Taking some acid and having a good fucking time. So here are some stats, right? Which could have been way, way, way way worse. Well, but like still a, there was oh, like a great.
1: hectic festival. I can't remember what the festival's called, but it literally it turned into like a riot. Like, oh, like oh, there was We like, will the, get there. There was like, there. like fires, yeah. fucking yeah. cars flipped over, like <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can not know what it's
0: called though. We will absolutely get there, don't worry, Skylar. That is, we're going to, yeah, we're getting there. So here are some stats. There were two recorded fatalities at the festival. One was from from insulin usage as a drug, um, and another was caused when a tractor ran over a teenager who was sleeping in a nearby hayfield. There were 500,000 people they were fucking everywhere they were like it's like the cane toads in queensland they had no control <laughs> they were fucking everywhere do you know what and we do to cane
1: toads in person. queensland do you know what we do to cane toads in queensland
0: i know what you do i don't like what you do but i get why you do it
1: it's why it's not what i do personally it's what the people do okay i've never I think done it's this up. i've it's never done up. this but people get golf clubs and like yeet them over fences it's it's rough. It's it's not a nice thing, but it's 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 a practice. It's what's happening.
0: If you yeah, if you haven't heard of cane toads, they're an incredibly invasive species that has essentially completely destroyed the Queensland ecosystem. So yeah. people have yeah. literally no sympathy towards them, and I just. it, it, it upsets me. It really does. But, they are really uh,
1: disgusting, though. Try living uh, with them. They're real bad. Anyway. <laughs>
0: okay. <That's... laughs> so imagine being a dude just like fucking casually traveling on a tractor and then you accidentally run over a teenager that was not supposed to be in the hayfield <laughs> that is yours, you know? Like, why I feel bad are you for both the teenager the hay... and also bad for the person who was driving the truck
1: I'm oh, like why are you sleeping in a hayfield anyway but let's she was on. dragged out of her
0: fucking mind dude um, so however over the course of the three days there were 742 drug overdoses
1: oh fuck me <laughs>
0: there were also two births recorded at the event one in a car caught in traffic <laughs> oh my god and another in a hospital after an airlift by helicopter so she was like, fuck, I'm giving birth. And they like had to airlift her. Why are you like going Jim to a Hendrix festival when
1: you're like about to pop? Who are you?
0: A hippie. <laughs> and I don't know how the fuck they record this, but apparently eight women experienced miscarriages. I don't know how you kind take stock you. of that, but we'll go with it.
1: This is what we're looking out for, guys. We're looking out for pregnancies, miscarriages, <laughs> people getting rid so, of their
0: tractors. For context, in 1969, the country was deep in the Vietnam War and the civil rights movement. The punters of Woodstock were a part of the counterculture demographic, otherwise known as (laughs) hippies. Many attribute how peaceful everyone was to the sheer amount of psychedelic drugs that were being passed around. Others believe that the hippies were simply living out their mantra of making love, not war. In fact, more than a few couples took that seriously and made love whenever and wherever they pleased. (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, why not? Why not, right?
0: So essentially, like, in in context for how many people were there – everything was incredibly peaceful. Like, it was pure love, right? Like, even the owner of the farm, even though his property was, like, completely destroyed, he was like, I loved Woodstock. I loved what it stood for. These people, they weren't just fronting. They weren't just being like, we are hippies. Like, they like they literally, everything was peaceful. Everything, even though it was a disaster. And, like, when you look at Fire Festival, people got so upset, they started fucking destroying everything, right? Like, nothing was as it should have been when people showed up. But... They just kind of went with it. They were like, well, what are you going to do? Let's all just have fun. Let's all just chill, you know? So I want to give a special mention to Wavy Gravy and the Hog Farm. Woodstock Ventures, which was the official name of the company the four entrepreneurs had created to put on the festival, turned to a nearby hog farm, a communal pig farm next door to help manage the crowds. Its owner, the eponymous Wavy Gravy, threatened to douse people misbehaving with seltzer water and hurl pies at them. <laughs> that is <laughs>
1: when your your entire personality is wavy gravy.
0: <laughs> he'll say, it's "He'll so say, <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> just, hey, no more, I said no. relax."
1: Do you want a chicken and leek pie <laughs> to the face? I fucking swear to God, man, I'm not fucking wrong <laughs> That's how I imagine seventy <laughs> Literally, literally. It's like, it's hey, like... give you one more fucking a little fucking toe out of line, you're gonna get fucking minced by the face okay?
0: That's how I see them anyway. Oh, baby, baby. I love. He also set up a children's playground. (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. Had a free food kitchen for anyone who wanted to come and get some food. And a tent to help out people who were wigging out on drugs. (laughs) Fucking legend. That's (laughs) iconic. Iconic. The true hero of Woodstock, I would say. I Fuck Jimi Hendrix, it's all about Wavy Gravy. <laughs> Dude, Jimi
1: Hendrix, Janis Joplin, they could all suck a dick. That's not Wavy Gravy, man. <laughs> Wavy's where it's
0: at. Absolutely. Heck so, yeah. speaking of the musicians, 32 musicians, both local and international, performed on the Woodstock stage. Some of the more famous included Richie Havins, Ravi Shankar, Joan Bays, who famously performed her set on day one in a torrential downpour. And it's not like the stage had any cover. She was just performing where it it was like fucking torrential rain. Santana, The Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, Joe Cocker, Johnny Winter, and of course, Jimi Hendrix, many more, many more. Hendrix was the last musician to perform at Woodstock in his very famous, very famous performance. And due to rain delays, he took the stage at 8 a.m. on Monday (laughs) morning. 8am on Monday morning to a crowd that had thinned out to around 25,000 people which is a normal crowd for a festival that's a normal amount of people So all those people missing
1: out on Jimi Hendrix like fuck
0: at 8am like you would just kind of assume it's not happening at 8am like the people that were left over were probably the people who were passed out overnight and were waking up groggily at 8am and then Jimi Hendrix comes on the stage they're like oh fuck yeah let's do it (laughs) that would be the titties that would
1: be so nice yeah it would be fucking excellent Oh. Watching
0: the sunrise.
1: Watching the sunrise, hanging out with Jimmy. Oh, can you imagine?
0: So, also, just for fun, some musicians who declined to play Woodstock were Led Zeppelin, Bob Dylan, The Doors, John Lennon, The Rolling Stones, and many more. So, Can you, they, imagine, they if, like, can you imagine
1: if, like, Led Zepp played and, like, The Doors? Oh, yeah. and, oh my yeah. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be so fucking dope. The Rolling Stones? Oh. Oh. It was already so iconic, but can you... Oh, the doors. Can you imagine?
0: Oh, I love the doors. They're just so good. (laughs) So, after Hendrix's famous closing performance, Woodstock came to an end. But leaving Woodstock wasn't much easier than getting there. A lot of people, as I mentioned, had just abandoned their cars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now, those same people had to go and find their cars. (laughs) Oh, my God. And before anything could start moving, you, you know... It was a shit fight. It was a shit fight. So cleaning up the rented mills in industrial park was a mammoth task. It took several days, many bulldozers, tens of thousands of dollars. Remember, they had essentially at this point made no money off of putting- the festival oh, and they were super in debt and now they had to pay all this money to clean up the festival as well as all the fucking fines that they had from the traffic chips and everything like that. The most famous piece of media that came out of the Woodstock events was the 1970 documentary film Woodstock. So it was a documentary that was put together of live performances, interviews of attendees, interviews of townspeople, commentary from the organisers, all that kind of stuff. Artie Kornfield, who is the organiser that we've heard the least amount... About, right? He was the, like, young bi- VP of the record label. Yeah. He approached Fred Weintrub. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but whatever. Who no, no. was an executive at Warner Brothers and asked for money to film the festival. Although the Warner Brothers executive board were like, absolutely not. No, you guys don't know what you're doing. We have no money to fund this project. This is not happening. Weintrub believed in the project, and so he put his job on the line. I don't know why everyone was so ride or die for this fucking festival, but it's good. He put his job on the line and gave Cornfield $100,000, which was around about $710,000 in today's money to produce the film. The resulting documentary ended up helping save the struggling Warner Brothers, who at the time were about to go out of business, and Michael Wadley, who came on board to direct the film and rounded up a crew of about 100 from the New York film scene, since he had literally no money to pay any of them, (laughs) he came up with a double or nothing scheme in which the crew would receive nothing if the film flopped, but double their pay if it did really well. That's sick. Yeah. That's, so they that's, agreed to that. That's so it's an it's an interesting concept. But I'd fuck right, with they that. I agree with that. I probably would too, but we're old school hippies, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'd absolutely fuck with that. You joking? So Wadley strived for a full view vision of the Woodstock event and interviewed attendees about the social climate at the time, such as the Vietnam War, and also the townspeople who, as I mentioned, were not too happy about the festival. All his efforts were rewarded when Woodstock received an Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature and was inducted in 1996 into the Library of Congress National Film Registry. Warner Brothers weren't the only ones financially saved due to the success of the film, with Roberts and Rosamond's film and recording rights saving them from surefire financial ruin. Our boys made some money. They made some money. Success. They got out of debt. They made a big profit. They, they did okay. They managed to become rich purely from the documentary film and get out of the hole because that was literally about to ruin their lives.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, it all, it all comes
0: full circle. It all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Many anniversary albums and films have been made over the years celebrating Woodstock and there have also been multiple failed revival attempts. The one I would like to shine a special light on is Woodstock... Nineteen
1: ninety nine. This is what I'm talking. Yeah,
0: this is it was a one. real doozy, mate.
1: This is, this is what I'm talking about. How did I not know the name when it's literally Woodstock? Happened? Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I didn't know for sure, but I just knew that it was like, you know, a couple of a couple of decades after, and I knew it was shit fight.
0: So bad. Shit fight. So bad. So Woodstock ninety nine <laughs> was supposed to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary of peace. Love and happiness, <laughs> but instead bad. it earned the famous distinction: the day the nineties died. So, end of the nineties. Around two hundred twenty thousand people attended Woodstock '99, and approximately ten thousand people were working the event, which is more than the original Woodstock. Wait, how, were, the wait, event? how
1: many? How many people attended this one?
0: Two hundred twenty thousand. <sighs> Child's play. Half. Half the amount. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Half the. So. Amount. An immediate issue that arose was the severe lack of water. (laughs) With the festival making the area the third most populated city in New York at the time, in, like, the state of New York. (laughs) Oh, my God. Organizers had advised punters to bring their own water bottles and enough water for the festival, which is just something that you realize, like, it's just... If you go to a festival nowadays in Australia, which festivals are massive here, they are constantly, like... Throwing water bottles at you because all festivals are during summer season. In Australia, it gets fucking hot in summer. Crazy hot. And obviously they're liable if you die of dehydration. And everybody overheats. Like, it's just how it is. Festivals need to have water because otherwise people fucking die. Like, it's... Oh, my God, it's so Stay
1: hydrated, friends.
0: Water fountains were few and far between with crazy Disneyland-style lines. And water bottles had $4 US price tags, which is, like... $7 Australian. Crazy. It got so bad that the organizers were threatened with a suit of negligence, which I think makes sense. As I said, like that's you just need to look after the people attending your festival. The heat was made worse by the hot tarmac that made up most of the Griffins Air Force Base where the festival was being held. And by halfway through the weekend, more than 700 people had been treated for heat exhaustion and dehydration. The artists on the lineup unfortunately also did not help calm down an already aggravated crowd. Whether it was insane Cloud Posse throwing a hundred dollar bills into the crowd initiating melee fights, or Kid Rock promoting punters to throw their plastic water bottles on the stage for whatever fucking reason. Oh or God. Limp Biscuit, um <laughs> Limp Biscuit's frontrunner Fred Durst just saying, Break shit! <laughs>
1: Dude, I'm just I would just like to say that I saw Limp Biscuit a uh, download and um it was the most outrageous experience of my life they were told they were told they weren't allowed to play break stuff and he was literally just like we were told we we're not allowed to play this song but fuck it and then they just started playing it everyone went bananas a guy yeah. put me in a headlock my brother got in a punch on it was a shit fight you can't you can't eat the limb biscuits you can't you can't see them life. you can't do that you'll die
0: <laughs> you'll die
1: so, accessible. I
0: think something kind of like important, which I didn't really write down, but I think it's important to kind of note that obviously the crowd at the original Woodstock was like, you know, hippie. Oh my god, hi Luke! Hi. <laughs> oh, he's brought you lunch. Oh. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Oh,
1: we we love him. He's so cute. Anyway, continue.
0: Oh, another coffee for (laughs) Scarlet. Okay, so... So... Oh my God, my phone is going off. Shut the
1: fuck up. Okay.
0: So, I think it's important to note that, obviously, the crowd at the original Woodstock was, like, full hippie, full, like, anti-Vietnam War protest, like, all for the civil rights movement, like, all about peace, all about love, all about, like, making a better world. The crowd... (laughs) Granted, Woodstock 99 was of a different caliber. <laughs> they were of a different variety, a different breed. A different they, were, breed. Um, they weren't
1: were as zesty. They weren't as laid back. They weren't as chill. They were very chaotic. I, th-
0: I think the best way to describe them is like
1: aggressive. If Limp, aggressive. Could, be a, if Limp could be a crowd of people
0: aggressive <laughs> rednecks that's what i would say it's <laughs> the best way they they proved lived. themselves to be fucking sexist as shit proved themselves to be very xenophobic proved themselves to be racist as fuck like they were just disgusting fucking Neander- vibe,
1: neanderthals
0: essentially and obviously crime. when you have a massive crowd of people who are like that it
1: it's chaos
0: okay. ensues so yeah. so Chaos ensued with a trap, a truck <laughs> randomly driving through the crowd. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody died. It was just driving through the crowd. It's like, oh, we're just going to... I accidentally made a wrong turn, and now I'm driving through a festival. And
1: this is what's <laughs> happening. Somebody stop.
0: Can't turn around. Try and, st- try and stop me. Runaway police volunteers, right? Because there weren't enough police on staff, so they got volunteers from New York to come and, like, be a part of the festival as part of security. They just decided to join the audience and, and have a good time at the festival instead of actually trying to, you know, oh, do what they were there to do. Yeah, There was no way to control that. So <laughs> thousands of people showed up with fake passes to avoid paying the 157 US dollar ticket price, which is like what we would pay for a, like a three-day festival here, I that's would say, because that's like $300-ish. Yeah, that's a joke. By far the most disgusting aspect of Woodstock 99 was the sheer amount of sexual assault reports that came afterwards. There were reports of gang rapes and just rapes in general of women attending. And this exploded across the media. And of course, 44 people were arrested for sexual assault, but only one person was charged because it was the 90s. Oh my fucking God. So So much fun. So what fully made the festival just divulge into chaos was when Red Hot Chili Peppers took the stage with their rendition of Jimi Jimi Hendrix's Fire. Obviously, this was meant to be an ode to a more peaceful Woodstock, but the now rabid crowd began lighting bonfires, flipping cars, destroying vendor tents, and starting a full-fledged fucking riot that was eventually defused by New York state troopers and local law enforcement. Just fucking, oh my god, just such a nightmare. So, I will end my Woodstock. That's so funny. See
1: last, I was like, when you were like, talking about like the Peaceful one, I was like, there was a festival that was real bad. <laughs> real bad. I watched what was I watching? I watched it on a documentary. I think I watched if anyone's seen This Is Pop on Netflix, I think it's actually an episode of This Is Pop about festivals. I think that's where I saw it. And it's just like they were like trying to like emulate like the vibes from like the you know, the early Woodstock, the first Woodstock and like what was it, sixty nine? Yeah. And then, just, <laughs> like, shit hit the fan. There was, like, oh, there's so much footage of, like, cars being flipped, like, bonfires everywhere, like, people trying to escape, like... Oh, can you imagine?
0: This it's is just why, a full-fledged riot, but, like, why in a controlled space.
1: Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah. I'm scared to go to festivals now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty scared, like, I literally, like, I'm, I'm pretty scared to go to festivals. Like, I... Would still love to go to them and I, I'm gonna always have to go to them for my work, but I don't like the concept of being surrounded by that many strangers. I never have. Like, as I'm not mom, gonna especially. lie.
1: Luke loves a festival, but I just like, I blatantly refuse to go. First of all, I hate the idea of like camping out for three days. Like, I agree. I can't, like, it's not sanitary. Like, I want to be able to shower and like take my makeup off. Like, I'm really OCD and like, like I'm a clean freak. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it.
0: I can't, I can't. She's a little bougie, bougie bunny. But I also, like, I hate mud. Like, I just, yeah. Yeah. I think neither of us are like, made for the festival game. But... Like,
1: I love a good gig. I love a gig. Love a concert. Going to a cool venue. Love that shit. You know, a good few hours. That's fine. I can't do three days out in the fucking mud in the middle of nowhere. No fucking way. I'd rather We'll die. all go
0: to a one-day festival at some point. We'll one-day festival
1: one is acceptable. That's cool. That's fine. Three days. Anything? Nah. Absolutely mm. not. You're never going to catch me at a three-day festival. I'm not doing it.
0: Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Unless I'm forced to go for work, I'm not doing it. Don't ever ask
1: me to go to a long first tour with you. I'm not coming.
0: I will, and you will. Um, Okay, so (laughs) I think it's safe to say that Woodstock 1969 was a precious moment in time that cannot be replicated no matter how much people (laughs) try. And although the festival (laughs) was a disaster in its organisation and everything, it truly did embody the ethos of peace, love, and happy.
1: That is unbelievably cute.
0: Yeah, I loved that. No, no, no. I thoroughly
1: enjoyed. It. I didn't expect like a. I didn't right. Expect, I was like, oh, she's going to do a scary boy. No. I,
0: I thought but, you that know, fun. I I thought we've had some shitty news in Sydney recently with all these lockdown things. I thought we could do do something a little bit, a little bit chill, a little bit spicy, a I little liked bit it. fun.
1: I really thank enjoyed you. that. What it warmed my thank heart. You. It was cute. I was all for it.
0: Yeah, I'm not right. usually like don't get used to this because I am not usually the uplifting type.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you know, uh sexual assaults and bonfires and car flipping isn't that uplifting, but you know, what's top well, I, I didn't here. really
0: I didn't really intend to kind of talk about any of the revivals because there's been a bunch of them. There's been like the the 50-year anniversary was like supposed to be in 2019 and it was canceled because it was a shit fight like it, w- it didn't end up happening but it was literally I mean, supposed to gonna, happen in the week before. If you're gonna try and do you know, reboots
1: yeah. of like Woodstock you have better put the effort in you know what I mean but I mean I think like I think festival culture has changed so much yeah you know it's it has, not like, like it's not like that anymore people really aren't like that like especially in Australia like you get people and they go they get loose and they get gross and it's, like festivals here aren't like disgusting like they're not like they're not 99 Woodstock bad but they're not they're not peace and love dude that's, that's not where it's at.
0: Do you want to hear an absolutely disgusting story that my sister told me about last time she went to Lost Paradise?
1: Oh, God. Yeah, go.
0: It is... It has literally been the reason why I have not gone to a festival, a three-day festival since then, right? So this was, like, in 2019 or something. Yeah. She was there with her friends, whatever. There's apparently this river that... It goes, runs through the campsite, and it's, like, obviously full of shit, full of fucking, it's disgusting, because there's, like, however many thousands of people all using the same river, and everyone's fucked out of their minds, so people are just, like, fucking shitting, spewing everything in that river, and it's disgusting, right? Absolutely not. She goes to the river to do something. I don't know what she's doing. She looks up, and there's this dude who has blood all over his mouth, and he's, like, staring at her. And she's like, oh, what the fuck? No. And then he, like, tries to, like, attack her, literally runs at her, and then she runs back to her tent, manages to get away from him, and she tells them what happened. All the boys in the tent, because they think that they're fucking... They all run over and, like, what the fuck? What'd you do? This dude starts fucking, like, really fucking going at it with all of them, almost, like, knocks out one of our friends, Jacob, like, fucking goes insane. And then later on right so this all whatever they they managed to call like i think security comes and gets this dude later on they see a dude who's missing an ear and they walk up to that guy like oh my god what happened to you and he was like my my mate took like some really bad bath salts and just bit my ear off and it turns out that that was the guy who was like sitting next to the fucking river no. He had taken bath salts, gone fucking insane, and bitten off his mate's no. ear, and that's why it. his mouth was covered in blood. No. It's the most no. fucking ridiculous, like, festivals, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, they're a massive part of my industry, of my everything, I understand what they are, I understand that they fund a lot of money for a lot of artists, and they are good down to a certain point, but, no. like, no. pill testing needs to be introduced security measures need to be increased without making women feel like as though they're going to be fucking fondled by security guards when they walk in it's just not like the way that it is at the moment is not the way that it should be because there's just no safety at all like it's just
1: that's why i just i I just don't know i'm just like it's all so like look i'm not a i'm not a baby like i can go and like you know like have a solid day out of the festival and it'll be fun that's great i love a party just as much as the next girl but I don't fucking want to hang out in the mud for three days, being surrounded by people that are, like, pinging off their face. And this is not just not my idea of a good time. You know what I mean? You know Absolutely what I mean? Absolutely not. I think I'm just Absolutely like a... Absolutely not. I'm tired. I'm 22 and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I haven't the energy. I don't have it in me.
0: But I think hey. if you, you know, if you take a couple caps, you'll be right. But... <laughs> Either way, I think neither of us would be cam- like if we're the kind of people that would like travel over to Coachella and have like <laughs> have like a villa and then drive in every day. You know, like yes. that's the type of festival that we are. And it's not like that is and absolutely we are very privileged to be in that place. Can we afford it? Absolutely not. Like we, it's not like we have the money for it. No. It's just no. more so that that we're not camp we're not camping people. If we are camping, we're doing it because we're camping. We're not doing it because we're surrounded by. Really fucking drugged out people who can just walk into your tent at any moment. If I go
1: camping, I want to go and, like, go to, like, a really cute little place and just have a really adorable little tent and just you and I hang out and, like, smash lots of wine and then pass out drunk. That's my idea. Yeah, like, camping is, like, it's
0: yeah if you like go camping t- near like a waterfall place like i've been camping before and i can do camping like my sister always makes fun of me because she goes to camping festivals all the time my sister always makes fun of me being like oh you're so like busy blah blah blah. it's like no i just don't feel safe like i don't think that it's a safe environment to be in when i'm a five foot fucking negative two woman who is gonna be surrounded by really fucking drugged out dudes the whole time? Like you're tiny,
1: someone will murder you, definitely. Literally, like although I'm you're like... super annoying. Like if someone tried to steal you, they'd be like, oh, "Fuck no, take it back." You know what I mean? Oh, I would. If someone like better. stole you from me, they'd be like, "Skylight here, have your have your person back." There you go. She's she won't <laughs> shut the fuck up. She keeps talking about this unsolved mystery. I don't care. I don't care. She won't stop talking. It's more
0: like I would completely destroy their self-esteem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's made me cry six times and i've had hold of her for 10 minutes like i'm, I'm exhausted already take her back
0: <laughs> i don't have any self-esteem left <laughs> oh, like that time that like all of like fucking luke's ex-friends mates came over for his birthday or whatever and i was just like what i don't know what you're talking on your balcony, about on your balcony on your balcony on your balcony Exactly. I we're what not gonna mean. say names we won't say names i
1: don't know what you mean anyway Anyway, so
0: thank you so much for joining us, guys. Keep an eye out. We're going to start the Instagram. Um, we'll start doing TikToks at some point as well. And the plan is once kind of our lockdown is over, um, Skylar's apartment is very aesthetic. Mine is absolutely not. Really so good. we're going to start posting like the filmed versions as well so that you guys have that. Um, but next week, we're going to reevaluate the list. I think we'll be doing The Conjuring, but Skylar can can determine We'll let you know. (laughs) And and we all love The Conjuring. And the good thing is that they don't, they're not all like canonically linked apart from Ed and Lorraine Warren. So I think that it'll be, we don't need to do like a triple fucking feature situation like we did with Insidious, which was great, but it was long. It was very long. I mean, this one's getting there, but this is a
1: nice length. I like this length for a podcast.
0: This is good. It doesn't feel, yeah, I think because it's broken up into two, it doesn't feel as like,
1: as i don't know the last
0: drinking. one was like two hours and and like 10 minutes i think this is gonna be an hour and a half at, yeah. around about so yeah so thank you so much for joining um please you know go down into the into the section down in the show notes below and you'll see all the sources that we used for today's show and we will see you next week Bye. <laughs> See you.